Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. I've got something new to tell all of you. I've decided to sponsor a hockey team made up entirely of chimps. I'm tired of people telling me that chimps are not capable of kicking human ass in sports. Chimps are just superior athletes. And these chimps have been working out hard. They're throwing kettlebells, battle ropes, everything. I've got them on a strict diet of bone broth and elk meat. All i got to say is, see you on the ice, folks. <laughs> so, as a guy who listens to the podcast now and then, I recognize the voice of Joe Rogan, and he's going to uh, put together a chimp monkey uh, monkey sort of hockey team or something? Chimp hockey team, that's exactly right. And the strength and endurance of the chimpanzee, I think, is really going to prove decisive on the ice, Jack. Uh, actually, the point of that is that he never said those things. He never said any of them. And and while that was just a little bit not ready for prime time in terms of the audio quality. Tiny bit glitchy, but only a mm. tiny bit. And I'm telling you, the increase of technology, I think we all know that soon it will be, you know, 50% better. Um, though, again, those were things he never, ever said rendered perfectly in his voice. Um, if you know Joe Rogan's voice, you're you're nodding your head up and down with us. And uh, it, there are a couple of stories in the news that tie into that. Number one, there's what is believed to be the first successful or the biggest voice mimic, mimic, mm, imitating software uh, crime. They the managing director of a British energy company was talking to his boss on the phone, and his boss ordered him, and it was a little unconventional, but the boss explained why, ordered him to wire more than $240,000 to an account in Hungary. And so the the, the other higher up in the company, this was no dope in the company, he knows the boss well, said, all right, okay, done, I'm getting on it, sir. And uh, it was an entirely synthesized voice. And that was not the boss at all. Uh, the insurance uh, insurer is referring to it as the false Johannes, which is uh, also the title of my new coming-of-age novel. <laughs> um, so, And they talk about Silicon Valley and AI startups are just leaping forward. I want to know when those two next interacted, how that went. So I did that thing where I transferred the quarter mill to the account, like you said. Like I did what? What? I'm sorry? I'm, I told you to do what now? How's that? A quarter of a million dollars to Hungary. What? Yeah. Yeah, that had to be an uncomfortable moment. But such giants as Google, evil, and all sorts of smaller firms are working as fast as they can on ultra-realistic voice cloning. Sure. A- and so then you won't even need to edit up, edit together anything. Just Well, these aren't edited together. These these are machine-learned voice replicators that you type out things, and then it just says those things in the voice. This is not stitching together that previous be, speeches. That will be perfect within five years. If not I don't sooner. think it'll take long. No, I don't think yeah. it'll take that long. By, but five years from now, it will be perfect. It might be in 18 months. And I don't know what happens then. I think maybe we make a mistake in focusing too much on... Um, you know, how it will affect a presidential election, which is pretty interesting, because there's all kinds of more minor ways that it could happen, and probably easier, it would fly under the radar. For instance, there's a scandal going on right now with the United Auto Workers, uh, where the top guys that, that run one of the biggest unions in in America, in the world, um, a turn out, uh, looks like they're corrupt, and the FBI has been investigating them for, for a long time now. And I think they probably are corrupt. I mean, that's the thing with you. 
those kind of unions been has been for a while. But anyway, if you had it in for those unions, you could fake up some some stuff and get it to the FBI and start a giant scandal that would kind of fly under the radar. It wouldn't get the sort of scrutiny that the kind of scrutiny that a um, you know, we always use the example of they're going to fake up Trump talking to Putin or something like that. But you get something lower level, like the president of the United Auto Workers, who does, nobody knows what their voice sounds like, and it becomes a bottom of the fold, front page story in part of the country. But there's some you could you could have some serious disruption going on at a much lower level than a presidential election with with Russia or China or whoever screwing with us. And I think that's something that we really got to be on the watch for. Um, you know, for obvious reasons of excitement, we we focus on presidential elections a lot, but there's all kinds of ways that this could uh, that could play out. And and you know, it doesn't have to be super persuasive. No, if if it just depresses turnout, Joe Biden giant address, packed hockey stadium. Maybe they just got done with the chimp hockey game, and and Joe Biden gives this speech about how the unions of America are the backbone. Blah blah blah. And a deep fake video comes out of him saying unions are crap. They're dead. Everybody needs to wake up and figure that out. Here's a great example of something. So the weekend before the presidential election in 2000. The George W. Bush DUI story broke. Um, somebody had been saving that as a surprise and got it out there that he got arrested driving drunk many years ago. Oh, yeah. He believes, and Karl Rove believed, that cost him a million votes. And if you'll remember, they lost the uh, popular vote and, 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 and won in the courts with the uh, Electoral College. But anyway, you get, you get a video out there of George W. Bush... Two days before the election, just slurring his words and been really drunk. And he says, no, that wasn't me, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> He's going to say that wasn't him. Of course he would say that wasn't him. You could easily affect half a million votes around the country with that sort of thing. Right. So what do we as a society... And half the media, by the way, would, would, would not be working hard to prove that it was fake. They'd be, they'd be going with it all day long. Right. And that's the thing. With all the bias in media right now and everybody being aware of it, is there any sort of, how do we get in front of this? Is there any sort of national coming together day where every single website, every single uh, news organization spends at least part of the day saying, all right, look, this is the technology. This is what it looks like. This is the danger. The then what I think would be the problematic part where, you know, CNN would say, so the only place for solid information is cable news. Um, I'm not sure how we get in front of this. And again, you know, getting Mark Zuckerberg in front of some Senate panel and lecturing him that if somebody gets on, gets a post a Facebook message uh, saying that Trump will turn around the economy, you got to stop that. Because it's all too biased and it's dumb. And and at some point, you're just not letting politics be politics. How about fraud uh, or, or, or theft just in our own personal lives getting away from uh, politics? I get a phone call uh, from what looks like my parents' phone number. Sounds exactly like my mom um, saying, you know, she needs some money for something or whatever. Oh, my gosh, yeah, your, your dad about... has had an accident. The doctors need $50,000 in advance to operate. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, we got this text. Fake voice is great. Now we're all going to have to use verbal passwords for non-face-to-face verbal interactions to know I'm actually talking to Sean or my parents or whoever. Wow, that's clever. Because it might be uh, phony. 
Wow. Periwinkle. My password is Periwinkle. God, the whole world will get crazy. It will get so difficult to do anything. Oh, my God. I'm thinking that through because, I mean, if we're at that point that we've got to give each other verbal passwords, somebody's hacking that communication and recognizing the verbal password. So it's going to be like two spies meeting on the streets of Moscow. The eagle seems to be in the tree. Yes, there is much to eat in the tree. I mean, <laughs> does this increase the desire or need for the FaceTime video conferencing stuff as opposed to just a verbal one? Yeah, I suppose that'd be a step toward, I don't know. So you've, you've got to get on the phone and say uh, R2-D2-3 exclamation point dash dash four. Love you, honey. Right. So, that so you know it's you know. actually your wife. Right. And not a scammer. Yeah. Saying, I'm at Target. I left my credit card at home. What are our numbers again? Where is the eagle? The eagle is in the tree. Love you, too. You're not my wife, you lying whore Russian bastard. It it is me. I forgot that was your password. (laughs) I couldn't remember if it was an eagle or an osprey, which is a kind of eagle. (laughs) Well, the good thing is life's going to get more dangerous, more complicated. Politics will get more divisive, and it will be easier for Russians to steal your money. Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. S-R-E-A-D. Armstrong and Getty. This was a headline everywhere a week or so ago when it came out. Poll of millennials and loneliness. And you found that a third of 20 and 30-somethings repeated feeling lonely oftener always. Then you had about 27% with no close friends and 22% with no friends at all. Yikes. And those are higher numbers than other generations and higher numbers historically. And so people have been talking about that, trying to figure out why. I was looking at this. We're more connected than ever. Looking at this article where they talk to a number of different people about what could be going on here and why. I really like this one. Uh, defining loneliness as a distressing gulf between the amount of friends one wants and the amount they actually have. A gap that young people who feel pressured by social media and television to constantly be having fun and documenting it. Wow, the the cruelty of unrealistic expectations. I hadn't right. considered I had that neither. as part of this. It's kind yeah. of flipping it around a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I'm not and sure that, I'm buying it, but I'm interested. Um. The stati- the, those YouGov statistics, that's where those stats came from, YouGov, seem shocking. That's funny. That's the same words I used to, on a guy who was trying to sell me a mule in the parking lot. Not sure I'm buying it, but I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more about this mule. Does it do any tricks? Yeah. <laughs> Mind if I ride it around the parking lot? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, it's normal. Experts say it's normal for young people to feel isolated. Actually, when we feel the most isolated is early adulthood and at the end of life. That's when we're all the loneliness. That's not loneliest. at all depressing. <laughs> Jeez, what are you trying to do to us? I'm all for understanding and wisdom and all, but you're killing me with this. Huh? So enjoy your day. I'm just going to go out you're, and feed my mule. I'm going to end up lonely. No matter where you are on the trajectory, that's right. what's coming. Here's, let me bottom line it for you. You're going to end up lonely. Oh, for the love of heaven. Look, let's not sugarcoat it. You're dying alone. Oh, jeez, Louise, too much. Funniest segment ever. Too much. You be quiet in there. Who would listen to this garbage? 
So it's not unusual for young adults to say to, to be at a, at a point of uh, isolation in their life higher than the rest of your life. But what is sure, true in many cases, you've left behind your whole support structure and your high school or college friends or whatever. But what is new mule. is that these feelings have been exasperated by social media. That that is there's no doubt about that. If I had back when I was uh, 24 years old and, you know, some Saturday nights he had nothing going on and I'm home and I'm listening to music and drinking some beer and I end up having an OK time. But, uh, you know, it's not what I my preferred situation. Right. But if I had been able to go onto a screen and look at everybody I know hooking up, drinking, traveling, it would have been painful, including people who might have reached out to you and you're not sure why they didn't. Right. So it would have gone from being, you know, not the ideal evening, but it was okay, to just, like, painful, like, what, what, what is wrong with me, or do I even want to be around? Right. I mean, who knows? That's, yeah. that's painful. Yeah. Oof. Oh, no kidding. Oof. Yeah. And then you combine that with the, the false calories or the uh, empty calories of a lot of online contact, where it yeah. feels like connection, quote. but it's not. I got a quote about that. All right. Is it better than mine? Uh, different smart person. Because I'll, I'll sucker punch him in the side of the head like I'm Conor McGregor. If you haven't followed that story. Irish lunatic slash cage fighter. Sucker punches an old man in the head because the old man dared to say he doesn't like his whiskey. There may have been other words exchanged, but... So that whole... I'm a young a... professional fighter tries to cold cock a 65-year-old when he's not looking? Get him off the streets. So that whole I'm a violent lunatic was not a, a hilarious act like I thought it was. Right. I just thought he was, like, playing it up so much, and it was kind of funny. Right. No, he's a, he's a violent lunatic. And the name of his whiskey is Notorious. Yeah, okay. Well, you are. Um, uh, so, quoting another millennial who said, uh, I've, been in a, a funk for, I've been in a funk for the past month or so and not able to connect with people around me physically. It seemed like talking to people online was a middle ground where I could find social connection without having to actually approach people in real life. Well, what we're finding out is that that just doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, that was a good quote. Yeah. Appreciate that young man uh, leveling uh, with us and, and his growing wisdom. You know, I'm I'm composing in my head a long, maybe text, maybe email. Email's probably a better idea for my kids uh, to talk to them about that. And I'm, I'm wording it carefully in my head because you don't want to come off as... It used to be better. The way you run your lives are worse than the way I ran my life because you're young. You know, and it's not that You can go at all. down to the blacksmith and walk and make, watch him make shoes for your mule. Right. Start up a conversation. Well, for instance, uh, but if you lived somewhere before it was built up or hot or whatever, you have perspective on it's a lot hotter here than it used to be. Whereas anybody, somebody who's lived there their whole, or just since it got hot would have no perspective on that. And and it's pretty obvious what's going on. I mean, it's not as if this is mysterious and yep, people are trying true. to figure out some dietary thing, you know, is, is a saturated fat actually bad for you? No, this is just freaking obvious at this point. Oh, yeah. The effect it's having. And I just, I, I want them to be aware of it. And it, I think it's the twin empty calories thing and the idea of constantly having inputs. When human beings are designed for a certain amount of daydreaming and and drudgery because your mind can wander and the rest of it, that's the way we're made. That's the way we've evolved over many, 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 many years. And in your example, um, sometimes you have to see the other side of the coin to understand, you know, the the first side. But your example of 
a friend who didn't have a cell phone and was a little freaked out about it driving somewhere. Because what if A happened or B after or C? And all of us never had a phone whatsoever and, we're and hopped in the car with the, without the slightest anxiety, word chosen intentionally, about what might happen. None. What does that say? It says something. It's another one of those that's not nothing. It's something. Right. Yeah, boy. I, that's... I can't imagine what it would have been like if I had been able to dial up a girl that I'd gone out with a couple of times and then rejected me and looked at what she was doing on the same Saturday night I was home. Oh. That was never an option. Oof. That was never an option. By the way, kids, don't do that. Do not. I know you're curious. Don't do that. Or look, all the guys from work are over there at the pool hall playing pool and drinking beer. Huh? I didn't uh, get they invited to that. Number? Yeah. yeah, she did, didn't. Yeah. The comparison part is a big chunk of it. Yeah, we're not designed to have that pain. Ooh, yikes! Come on, everybody. Just because it's happening doesn't mean it has to happen to you. Reject the modern world. <laughs> Return to the caves. <laughs> Wear simple hewn cloths. Drink nothing but homebrew. <laughs> I don't know. Unplug the internet. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Oh, the sound of steel drums. Yes, that's exactly what we're thinking is a good gift. Since it's my 11th wedding anniversary and the gift is steel, steel drums is a uh, suggestion on the whatever website we're on. How about a steelhead fish or a steely Dan album? <laughs> Wait a minute. Fantastic. Somebody suggested a steel kitchen sink. No no woman can turn down a new sink for a gift. <laughs> well, if, if you'd like to be murdered, that's a great idea. Oh, God. You know, I've always wanted to be murdered. Oh, God, I got you a new sink. <laughs> This one cleans up real easy. Save your Oh, <laughs> now make me a sandwich. Um, yeah, steel pots. I guess the De Beers Corporation came up with the whole anniversary thing way back in the 20s, which is a very clever marketing trick. De Beers is the company that up until recently owned most of the diamonds on the planet. They have piles. No matter of, what it took. No, and they have enough diamonds. They could hand out diamonds to everybody on Earth. And they'd be worthless, but if you keep them in one place and dole out a few a year, you can keep the price up. But Putin got into the diamond thing a couple of years ago, and now Putin, basically himself, since it's a dictatorship, owns like half the diamonds on Earth. Did you know that? I did not know that. That's part of how he became the richest guy on Earth, probably. Now, why didn't De Beers just make every year diamonds, though, if if they started that, that silly list? Uh, I don't know. I suppose they just they didn't think that would work. You have to build up and have one special diamond year, which is what, 75 diamond, or is that gold? You know, you've been married forever. What? I don't know. I don't have this memorized. In fact, I was just uh, noodling through. I wonder if we have any listeners who have followed that list I think year after year after year. I've seen it uh, used um, for 50ths, you know, which is silver, I think. Or 75th, if you make it that long. Gold, 
Gold. But uh, the, the the yearly one, like for 11 when it's steel? No, I don't know many people that follow that. Right. Thing. <laughs> and then leather and paper and, and sorghum and zinc. <laughs> sorghum, that's or a good whatever. year. Yeah. Year three, sorghum. Various grains. <laughs> um, but so if you do that every year, is that like showing your devotion or does that just make you a moron? Hey, how about you just figure out what I'd really like I think I'll and have not a, give me a, buck, a bushel of sorghum? I think I'll have a company who's trying to sell me something dictate what I want to give every year. Yeah, at some point, is a little wet, wacky. Yes, Sean? 50 is gold, 55th is emerald, and 60th is diamond. What's 70? Well, nobody makes it to 75. No, the, the diamond is, after that, you, you can, you're done. You beat you, marriage. You, yes. And you, you won. See, you, you, you start, start over again. again, yeah. You won the marriage race. Get to the really low numbers, though. What's like 1, 2, and 3? Um, 1, 2, and 3. 1 is paper. Uh-huh. 2 is cotton. Here's your divorce paper. <laughs> no, here's, here's a nice ream of copier paper, honey. Uh, three is leather. Um, oh, fourth yeah. year is... You know what? Three-year mark, maybe there's a certain sameness creeping in. So you exchange a little leather. How would leather make it better? I know some people are into leather. I just I do not understand leather oh, in the bedroom as a... Wake up the gimp. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, my God. Fourth year, you can either do fruit and flowers or linen and silk. No word on if you can do, like, a flowers and linen combination. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can cross-pollinate those. <laughs> we'll <laughs> have to ask the De Beers board, I guess. Sixth year is iron or candy. <laughs> you choose. All right. See, that's that's yeah. weak. To okay. me, that's that's the modern world right there. you got to set rules and follow them. Is it iron or is it candy? One or the other. Some jewelry store just texted me that they've got a Rolex watch, which is stainless steel. So yes, I'll keep that in mind throughout Feel the day. Feel free to send me one, and I'll talk about how much I like it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <clears throat> uh, so, hey, listen, uh, are you like us, aware of the whole, you might be watching your every keystroke thing? Um, which they're called key loggers. Uh, so all the tech people have been telling us for years that they can see everything we do on the company computer, right? And we always just forget about it, but yeah, yeah, you know, I just do my stuff on other people's computers now, right? (laughs) That's good. Sign on to somebody else. Hey, what's your sign on? I, uh, they're, they're kicking my password out just, just for this one. Um, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Uh, I just, I figure a, you know, we, we've got to, we click on a lot of weird stuff for our job and B. In our gig, if you're producing, if you're winning, you can get away with anything. And if you're not, you can't get away with anything. True that. So, yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's different. If you're the top sales guy there at Amalgamated Steel Anniversary Presents, um, you know, you're fine until your sales numbers drop, then all of a sudden they'll find something. But anyway, these key loggers, um, it's a generic term for a piece of software, runs in the background, records literally every single key you press, every mouse click you make. Um, they can record, obviously, the content of the emails you write, your passwords, personal chat you have, porn you look at all day long. Uh, just That's for government employees. But the, um, your, your, your company would have to have some sort of computer algorithm looking for things, right? Because n- nobody's going to sit there and read everybody's keystrokes hoping for... Some minor offense, are they? No, unless you're, you know, in the Soviet Union or something like that. You're in Maoist China, and they're looking for dissidents. Now, what you said yesterday, that hackers could easily have some sort of program where they, you know, they, they catch on when you're, uh, when you're using a bank code and looking for a password or something like that. 
Right, they can run on that. the patterns. Yeah, they can even flag certain URLs of various websites. That, like, it, you know, if there's a, they could probably just do a, a porn alert where if one of these sites uh-huh. goes to something like this, then they get a, an email or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I would like to point out that uh, the story, Dan- Stormy Daniels story, justified looking at porn for the last uh, year and a half at work and 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 comparing her work with others to assess what quality and status of a pornographic star she was, just for the record. I'd like that to be on the record. But so anyway, it's perfectly legal. Employees have virtually no right to privacy on employer-provided computers, uh, according to experts. Even highly personal communications that would be protected if they took place over telephones are not on the computer, which some people are trying to get changed. But what attracted me to this article is... Um, how there are there are there are things you can talk on your company phone and some of that is private. Hmm. I didn't know that. Excuse me, taking your. I had a boss tell me the opposite many many years ago. <laughs> no, no, you have well, phones are different because there's a long, long established line of uh, telephone privacy laws in the United States, wiretap laws, the rest of it, and we just haven't caught up with computers and stuff. Um, plus, if it's their gear, I don't know. It applies to computers and not right. phones, How uh, I guess. Um, there are ways to determine if your computer is being monitors, monitored, which is tricky, according to the cybersecurity expert. Um, you can use most antivirus products to detect software keyloggers. There are some that plug right into the keyboard, but uh, those are fairly rare. Um, so... Uh, essentially, what you do is um, use use your typical uh, you know uh, antivirus software, and let's see, it can check the system preferences. Certain classes of keyloggers have to be given approved accessibility access in order to capture the keystrokes. You know what we ought to do? Because I'm looking at the clock, we can post this article um, so people can read it themselves to figure out if their boss is is keylogging. Uh, but on a Mac, you can go to security and privacy, select accessibilities, uh, and you will see any weird programs that they've put onto your computer right there. If I'm a boss, I think we're more productive if I spend my time and effort and energy on other things rather than trying to catch you doing something that probably isn't that big a deal on the computer. Yeah, yeah. We're big on the whole productivity thing. If somebody's productive... And they do something, well, of course, you know, it always comes back to liability. If you're looking at porn 10 minutes a day because it recharges your batteries somehow. Doesn't recharge my batteries. Yeah, it's a tad distracting. But if that's the case, and the guy's just, or the gal, whatever, is just killing it work-wise, just leave it alone, man, leave it alone. But, you know, if somebody wanders by and they see it, then there's a harassment lawsuit and, and the rest of it. But, but yeah, we'll, we'll post this uh, under hot links at armstrongandgetty.com. I've been racking my brains while you've been talking. We worked somewhere where there was a sales manager. They found out he was watching porn like five hours a day, but he was a bad sales manager and the company was losing money. And I remember the, the boss telling us, I wish he'd have been looking at porn eight hours a day. Because he was losing money for the company. <laughs> yeah. And I remember thinking that was hilarious. Yeah, well, that's what it's mostly used for, justifying firings. So. Oh, gotcha. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Yes, the squad being featured on the CBS Early Show today. I hate that name. I hate that name. It makes me squirm. It's so cutesy. The squabs, that's what I call them. Well, they got it right underneath there. They got, uh, in big letters, the squad. 
So uh, who, who came up with that? I, 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 I think know. it was put on them, and it's not their fault that they're being called the squad. I had no idea until I read this piece by Kim Strassel in the uh, Wall Street Journal about some of the bitter behind-the-scenes fighting. In, I mean, within the squad, these, these uh, chicks and Nancy Pelosi are getting to hate each other. Well, yeah, I think that's pretty clear. Oh, yeah. Which I don't have a problem with. The, the, I, I don't. It doesn't bother me that new people come in and feel like they don't need to listen to leadership. That that doesn't bother me. Oh, I like no, that. I like it. I'm, I'm pro that. Uh, they're wrong about everything. Yeah, I but, don't. But I like their spirit. I don't want her to, to win the day with her arguments about uh, the Green New Deal or whatever. But I actually saw... Uh, that, not falling in line because the party told you to, and I'm perfectly fine with that. I heard AOC on one of your idiotic uh, morning shows, it might have been CBS this morning, um, talking about that very thing, saying, I feel no obligation whatsoever to fall in the line just because that's the way it's been done, and... And she talked about how the lobbyists own Washington, D.C., and and that's who is really in control, which is a, a hell of a shot at Nancy Pelosi. Um, but it's unquestionably true. And it, as a guy who's not a big fan of big government, I thought, you know what? You are right on, darling. You are 100% on. It, it's a shame you're wrong about everything and that your solutions are worse than the status quo. Because you're right about the power. uh, One of the reasons I don't get so upset about uh, Trump or AOC or any of this stuff, this is a a long game. I don't know where it's going to go, but there's a reforming of everything happening. Mm -hmm. And none none of the characters involved right now are going to have the last say in any of this. Right. This is this going to play out over quite a while, and and even more interesting, you're seeing it all around the world. There's similar yeah, yeah. Uh, movements and shakeups. Bre- Brexit, Spain, Italy, all over the place. Yeah, we already have more than two political parties. We only have two voting lines, though, and that's where a lot of this problem comes from. I oh, feel. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I I, uh, I mentioned or we played the clip from Rahm Emanuel over the weekend when he said. We're seeing the dissolution of the two parties. That'll, that's going to take time, though. Good. That's going to take time, and they'll reform, or there'll be more parties, or I don't know what's going to come out of it, but yeah. it's going to take time. But there will be right-wing versions, I assume, soon, I'm surprised it hasn't happened already, of AOC, who get their own Twitter following. Isn't that the Tea Party? Um, or the House Freedom Caucus, although they weren't nearly as uh, sexy and media savvy. I, I was meaning, yeah, I was meaning who understand Twitter and the power of that and Gosh, everything right. like that. So, right. Somebody that emerges who's all about, you know, blasting the Republican Party for not caring about uh, the debt, for instance. Sure. And ends up with five million followers on Twitter and yeah. becomes a, th- a thorn in the side of uh, of Kevin McCarthy and whoever else. Yeah, I love that idea. That, Absolutely that, love that it. That is going to happen, and we're going to have a bunch of those. I think. And you'll have more voices um, instead of we all have to agree with whoever our leader is. That's got to be good, right? Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I love, like I said, I absolutely love the idea. I think AOC and I could bond on the, the, the idea that not everything is permanent. Just because it exists now doesn't mean it has to exist or has always existed or shouldn't be changed. Don't accept what's around you as inevitable. The Republicans and Democrats, you know, the, the Republican Party obviously came about in the 1860s. When did the Democrats, they were a little earlier than that, but you got your wigs and your bull mooses and various parties that... The original, uh, wasn't Jefferson's party the Republican Democrats or Democrat Republicans? These things aren't permanent. Just let them change. So AOC and I could definitely bond on that. And then maybe, I don't know, 
enjoy a nice dinner and uh, maybe a little dancing and a glass of wine. And uh, I hope my wife isn't listening. <laughs> well, I wonder, um, as far as like somebody on the right coming up who becomes, you know, a, a voice for part of the Republican Party that feels like it's not getting a voice. Right. Um, there's lots of Republicans that are disgusted with the party because they don't seem to care about the debt yeah. and spending. Yeah, um, but you'd think somebody to merge, but do you have to be a hot chick? Is that required? It helps a lot on the on on Twitter and online. It I think being really really helps. helps a lot. Certainly does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are plenty of really attractive uh, conservative women. Yeah, and some yeah. of them have great online presence. But you hate to have politics narrowed down to only people who agree with you who are hot enough to get attention. <laughs> yes, that is uh, contributing to the uh, stupidization of America, no doubt. <laughs> but you know, uh, my only uh, problem with your scenario and its likelihood is that. The idea that government should give me stuff, money, stuff, other people's stuff, because I deserve it, and they're bad people. I mean, that's gaining traction day by sure, day by day. No doubt about that. And the that. idea that we should be a responsible and independent people that pay as we go, and, and, and uh, you know, we take care of ourselves. And as a country, we're responsible and ethical, we're moral. I mean, that sort of thing is just going out the window, so... Uh, you know, I think you got your AOC. If you're going to break a break down AOC's appeal, sixty percent is she's a hottie. Certainly in the beginning, certainly right. that's what launched her in the beginning. Right. Uh, there's a certain chunk of it that's uh, the the whole self righteous aggrieved thing that's so popular. If you're aggrieved, you get attention. And uh, and the third thing is she believes the government is a combination of mommy and Santa Claus, which is a very very popular notion especially among youngsters, and uh, so, you know, that's her appeal. But she's good at it, and she's getting better at it, which is awful to me. Uh, <laughs> it's it's frightening, but her skills are increasing. Man, she's she is going right up against Nancy Pelosi, and this chick, she's, listen, whatever you think of her, she won, uh, what, a, like 20,000 votes or something like that? Yeah. In a borough in, in New York. She won in an election where the turnout was, what, at low 30s percentage or high? It was absurdly low. It took 15,000 votes or something like that for her to end up what she is. Right, because in her district, in her district, the Democrat was going to win, period. And she won the primary. That's how she won. And so there's, like, nobody voting. And, you know, she's a bit of an intellectual lightweight, and, and I, I just, I'm not impressed with her. Her ideas, they're terrible. Yet she's assumed this enormous importance in American politics. Uh, and the right loves her because they love to bash her. But you know what most Congress people do? They get elected and, oh, thank God I got elected. And then they do exactly what the leadership tells them. And they slave away on stupid committees that, that don't mean anything to anybody. Right. And wait their turn. And even if they never become anything, they don't care because they're going to end up rich. They right. all do. Yeah. And that's why they stay, and they'll do anything they can to keep their seat so they can continue to have their cush job and, and, and lifetime health care and all the stuff that comes with it. That's what most Congress people do. Right. And she is definitely not going along to get along. Put your wife and kids on the payroll. And... Right. Exactly. Yeah. You've got to admire it. Again, it's a shame she's wrong about everything. So Trump was actually quoted in the New York Times, or they are quoting someone close to Donald Trump, so... Mm. As Laura Logan once told us, you can read a New York Times article and not find a single fact. So an anonymous person quoted close to Trump is not a fact, really. No. But they said, uh, Trump said in a meeting, he said, 
after this squabble and, you know, the squad being labeled everyone and all this sort of stuff, he said, I have now married the squad to Nancy Pelosi clear through the election. Right. Which was his goal. Right. And he may have. Yeah. Yeah. This is interesting. I mean, the, the early show, he's turning on the early show. What's weird to me is the media thinks that, oh, they have the squad fires back. Oh, my God, they're getting their voice now. Trump's got to hate this. Trump, if Trump turning on the TV this morning... And seeing the squad on the early show, he's dancing around in his underwear. Oh, yeah. All Oof. right. Thanks for that mental picture. They've elevated four nobodies who have no power right. into the face of the Democratic Party. Well, not only the whole that. country, yes! Not only that, but a couple of them are Muslims, which is uh, a government of Muslims is not an image that many Americans find appealing. Now, you might call it bigotry. I happen to have studied at the university level <laughs> Muslim governments around the world, and they're scary. Almost every single one is scary. So, you know, you can call it what you want, but it works on that level, too. Um, Angry young Muslims. That's what the Democratic Party is. Yeah, I'd say that's a win for Trump. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. 